0: Right, so good afternoon. Is it afternoon? It is afternoon. Yes. It's been a day. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for joining us. Hopefully you are here to level up in terms of your interviewing skills. Is that too close? Because I probably don't really need a mic. I'm um, well, how are you? Thank-, thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate your contributions. So, um, if you are here in terms of leveling up your interviewing skills, you're in the right place. Mm-hmm. If you are not here for that, you might want to stay because it's probably something you don't want to miss. Um, my name is Adrian Somerville. I am the Deputy Director of Naval Air Systems Command Headquarters. All my Nav Air people in here. <laughs> so, all my Navy people in here. <laughs> Uh, The Army's sponsoring this year, so we'll welcome them, (laughs) too. So we're going to talk today about interview skills that are going to get you all hired, right? The game-changing interviewing skills that you probably um, have been reluctant to ask people about or really more curious about. But before we get started, I have an amazing team that worked ever so diligently to pull this together, so I love to give credit where it's due so I'm going to afford them an opportunity as panelists to introduce themselves.
1: Okay. Um, hi, my name is Patience Idaeguru. Um, I'm from the Boeing Company. And um, fun fact is that I own a dance studio um, specifically for Afrobeat and hip-hop. And um, I have a book that I've published.
0: And your book is?
1: Um, the story of Ndidi by Patience Adego. It's about um, my trip to Ghana during my study abroad. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Good afternoon. My name is Michael Taylor. I am the s- Chief Operating Officer of Talent and Technical Solutions Corporation. Uh, the CEO is Miss Adrienne Somerville. By the way, uh, fun fact about me is yo soy Yo al español, Mi familia ¿Cuántas personas aquí hablan español? Oh, mira, somos muchos. Bienvenidos. <laughs> Over Sorry. to you, Miss Adrian.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, Michael always has, um, I'm always amazed, but we could be in a restaurant having a great conversation, and he just introduces the whole language of Spanish, and I'm sitting there like, I just need to take another refresher. So, <laughs> thank you, Michael. So, fun fact about me, since we're going to be bonding over the next hour or so, um, let's see, Michael said something else I already do, but I'm also I'm an Amazon best-selling author um, of the book Wingspan Talent Woo! Management, and it's how to gain corporate dominance by maximizing maximizing your best and most valuable resource, which is what? There we go. We're already off to a good start. Okay, so now we've warmed up, so we're going to get you all warmed up. What is the first word you think of when you hear the word interview? So interesting, words like intimidating, nervous, prep, very key, interesting,
1: yikes. (laughs) All right, job. (laughs) I mean, the most reason why we go on interviews, right, is to go for a new job or a new position. And so that totally makes sense. Let's go on to the next question. So then how many of you are looking for a new position? How many of you are looking for a new position?
0: And we're not telling anyone's boss. This is a trusted environment. Yes.
1: <laughs> wow, 71.
0: Very safe space. Mm-hmm. Psychologically safe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, cool. We want to know um, the reason why we're asking this question is so we can know the audience. We can know how, to, um, how it's going to connect based on our presentations, correct? So... Cool, 70%, that's a good amount. Um, Feel bad for your current employers, but it's okay. Last question, how confident are you with interviews? How confident are you with interviews? Do you feel like you're a boss or? So the majority I would say is, I feel somewhat confident, good, that's good because you're in the right place to be extremely confident. We're hoping by the end of this, you're as confident as can be to enter your interview. Cool? Awesome. Back to Adrian. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Patience, and thank you all for participating. It gives us an opportunity to gauge the audience. So one of the things, we could spend quite a bit of time dissecting the complexity of interviewing skills and tips, but we decided that we would narrow it down and be a little bit more succinct to give you a little bit more insight into what we think would be the most impactful discussion. So we're going to talk in terms of three categories, the pre, during and the post and so our hope is anticipated outcome is there's some seats ladies if you all want to come forward is that um, you take advantage of the opportunity to to um, document some of these helpful hints so i'm going to talk about the pre-interview phase so don't feel like this is um, a bunch of homework but it might be a little bit for some of us So before we go any further, in this particular phase, I want to talk about the different types of interviews. Um, And this is to be very dynamic and engaging. We do do not want this to be a monologue. So if you have questions during and or afterwards, we welcome your thoughts and questions. So we'll talk about the three types. Um, The first is a very structured interview. Um, How many people work for the government? I know. How many people can relate to the monologue? We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, The the reality is it's, it's extremely structured, meaning you come in, you have some time to review the questions. You then can answer the questions. You're blessed to answer them in any order you deem most appropriate. We nod. We wink. Give you a little body language. Ask you if you have anything for us. And if not, you're free to go in your constraint time frame. The other process more common is what you'll see as a semi-structured, where you may have a little bit of insight into the questions, but there could be a little bit more clarification-type questions. We may even have, and we're doing a lot more of this in the government, more of a scenario-based kind of um, structure, which will allow you the flexibility to elaborate on things and experiences and skills that would um, allow you to shine more aligned to the position in which you're interested in. But the key takeaway here is you never know which forum you're walking into. So you want to be prepared to maximize your time, if it's structured, to have some insight how how you're going to leverage your skill set, your experiences, to align to the set questions. So one of my... My approach is, is I know I'm going to talk about the five things that I think really codifies my career, that allows me to stand out, that affords me the opportunity to be the oddity. Regardless of the questions, I'm going to weave my response to align to the position, and we'll talk about how familiar we are going to be, right? This is where we all nod with the positions we're most interested in. So. That's an approach. The other thing is when you get the the semi-structure, I also recommend, you know, be prepared to be comfortable and be authentic and be yourself in that forum. And it it goes a long ways in terms of of shining and being the unique person you want to be as it relates to the position. So the next slide, we'll talk about the pre-interview. Now, anytime I talk about pre-interview work, I'm going to submit to you, this is the lonely work. No one can do it for you. You have to do this on your own. And for the positions you're most interested in, it's worth it, um, and it's a great opportunity for you to shine. So the first thing is learn, read the job description extremely thoroughly um, and become intimately familiar with the job description. But more importantly, when you think about it, see if you have the right skills and match your portfolio of talent to said position. So if it's about construction and, you know, I can barely build anything, that's why I love builders and people that can do all that good work because it's a skill set I know I do not have. There is no way that I can categorize my tasks, my experience into that, into that model. And so I wouldn't even attempt to do that. Um, so sometimes I offer, we have to be realistic, right, in the positions that we want, and maybe there's some in, interim opportunities between that. The other thing I want to add here is um, try not to focus on positions. It is a natural default, right? There's an opportunity, there's a job announcement, my company's posting something, and it's all about the job. I would offer along your career journey, take the time to focus on skills. And the competency of the skills, the level of proficiency of the skills, and a way to grow and position yourself best for opportunities is to understand the skills needed in the position at the right level of proficiency and what I offer. And when you look at skills, you'll find that you're more redeployable than you think. And that you could step into a job where you don't have the technical competence, but you have the right skill sets when you think of the direction in which the company's going or the organization is going. It's a paradigm shift. Over the years, I've learned, I've been around for a little bit, but I've learned that, you know, people are always seeking this is the job. And then you're disappointed when you don't get the job. But it may not be about the job. It just may be an opportunity to mature your skill set. So focus on Gaming if you will your skill game and then ensuring that that's an opportunity for you So I am going to go clockwise here When you're doing your lonely work think about your goals and objectives Um, I think the key here is self-assessment Decide what it is. You really want to do be very reflective Also solicit feedback how many people have ever had a 360 Interesting. Well, if you have not, there are a plethora of tools out there, and I know Michael will elaborate on them, that will afford you an opportunity to self-assess. Because there is a book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, we're late in our careers, and so all of my young people, this you all got a competitive advantage because we're, you're learning now. Um, uh, learn how you show up. Right? Um, And that's important, because you may think your portrayal is one way, but others receive it a different way. Right, wrong, or indifferent. But when you're self-assessing, I think it's very important that you solicit other feedback to see how you show up in an organization. Are you a team player? Do you micromanage? Are you collaborative? Um, Are you open to other ideas? Do you embrace the diversity of thought? Are you flexible? Think of those types of things in terms of your goals. Um, Be result driven. Um, When you're looking at a job and you're trying to see if you are a good fit for that, think of your contributions in the past, your outcomes, the roles you played, the opportunities you afforded others. Even if it meant you didn't get the shine, those are great opportunities for you to demonstrate your leadership skills and your willingness to develop others. Also, think of lessons learned. I don't submit to failures. Uh, I don't use that word. I don't think there are failures. I think what you gain is a lesson, and more importantly, you get a data point to course correct the behavior or adopt a new model. And let me tell you why I feel that way. How many people have an iPhone that they just paid $1,400 for like me? Now, you know, Apple is always releasing something, talking about fixes and bugs. Nobody says Apple fail. No one gives them a hard time. We still stand in line and we wait for the nice little update push, um, and we still pay a lot of money for these phones. So the reality is, if you shift your paradigm in terms of looking at my career as a failure, it's kind of hard to get out of that mindset. So think about things a little bit differently. When you look at your achievements, uh, I say apply personal examples, maybe in your professional life. Um, jot down things that you've done in your community. I'm the president of a foundation, and so there are a lot of leadership skills in terms of leading that, and a lot of financial skills and IT skills that you're able to leverage. Um, And that is an opportunity to also talk about it, and sometimes it rounds you out as an individual and as a leader in the community. The last thing I wanna talk about um, in addition to projects is skills. Um, Sometimes when we think about our skills, we focus on, you know, what we have and um, how we shine in that area. Think about the skills needed for the position. And I'll talk a little bit about some of the work we have to do to know that. But if, if I know there's a program in my organization that lacks maybe a financial management Skill set because the program's behind, it's over-executed, that's an opportunity for you to think about your skill set and what the program needs because what employers and organizational leaders are looking for is not only how to enable you to reach a plateau or reach another level in your career, but I really would like to know what you're going to bring to the team. And so in order to do that, you have to understand what skills you have, but more importantly, what skills are lacking or that you will augment in terms of the team. So let's talk a little bit about the pre-interview phase in terms of the non-technical positions. Um, You can read that there, the situation, task, action, results. Many of the government employees are probably familiar with the CAR model, where you basically, it's very analogous to this. You have a challenge. You give it context. You talk about the actions, and you talk about the results. When you are in an interview phase, I love teaming, probably one of the most collaborative persons you will ever meet. But it is not the time to be bashful. It is not the time to talk about the team, the team, the team, and then when you leave, I'm wondering, that was really a good example, but I'm not really sure what he or she did. This is where you pat yourself on the back and you talk about the eye and what you did, the impact it had organizationally, the effort, the tirelessly effort you contributed towards the team, and you shine. And oftentimes we get really caught up in the situation and we spend a lot of time talking about how daunting it was, the challenge. And remember, most of these interviews, even in industry, there's only a certain amount of time that they can afford to each applicant. So be mindful of that. The other thing, I want to spend a little bit of time on the action. Stating your role is one thing. Using the I is the other thing. But being open-minded to what you want to share. right? You want to be very authentic. Um, I wouldn't talk negatively about an organization that I'm really trying to advance in. Um, I would put more of a positive spin in terms of it being an opportunity. Um, So one of the key takeaways is in the interview, not to be fake, but be positive. Be positive about the opportunity. Be positive about the direction you can take the organization. Be positive about historically your track record and the things that you've been able to manifest and not only individual gains, but the organizational gains you've been able to yield. So this is the the STAR model, but it's very much analogous to the CAR model. So I wanted both government and industry leaders to kind of understand that. Next slide. So this is the part, and I have a story I'm going to share about this, the do your research. Um, It is extremely interesting um, how we approach it. So knowing the company, how many people, the first thing they do is Google, right? Does anyone go any further and, (coughs) and call someone in the organization, try to get on the calendar, try to learn what's keeping the leaders up at night? try to see what happened last year. Did they meet the goals, the objectives? Did they fall short? That's the level of granularity when you really want to stand out that you want to go after. You want to be that person that was a zealot. You literally was all in. You knew you had the job, so you were doing the homework, because you want to show up and be ready to contribute. The irony here, and I'll give you an example shortly, is you have to know the job and you have to know the organization. So I I sit on a board and someone recently interviewed. And one of the things that was said by the board members when the individual left was it was very obvious they just Googled the company. And it stopped there. So some board members were not impressed because anybody could have done that. What they were looking for was a deeper dive, a little bit more rich conversation, greater understanding of the complexity, and more importantly, the hearts and minds of the current leadership team. That you can only do by having a real conversation. So that reach out is extremely important. And I learned this the hard way. So my time was up to be interviewed. Um, And there was, I knew I was a top contender, and I knew one of my really good friends was as well. Uh, What I did was I thought it was a little odd to be going in and asking program managers and project managers what's keeping you up at night. I almost felt a little bit like I was cheating to do that, right? And so my other friend was in it. She was going to go talk to everybody. She'd stop people at their car. She had luncheon schedule. And I was like, God, that's just extra. That is just too much. Well, she got the job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? How does that happen? So um, my mentor, as I was, you know, head hung low, walking by a conference room was like, let me tell you what you didn't do. You didn't really do your homework. You kind of knew about it, but it was the stuff you knew anyone knew. Anyone knew and so I would tell you if you want to stand out in an interview Do the work as if you work for the company and you're giving an internal brief next week You know shareholders projections goals new market sectors Innovative ideas that you know they're longing to to learn more about because that's how you'll show that you know You're already committed. The other thing is research um, interviews find out if anyone has been hired recently and who has LinkedIn profiles that's the gift that keeps on giving everybody and everybody in here needs to connect because the network as soon as someone says something hold on one second i gotta look them up Mm, i may have to send them some information um, and get a meeting so connecting and learning relationships and the network you want to build there is um, so i'm gonna pivot a little bit so there's something called i say performance capital So this is the thing. You've worked hard all your career, and you want to share with your new leaders, potential leaders, how great you are. That's great. Performance capital, I would say it allows you to move about. But when you want to interview, you want to have a little bit of relationship capital, too, because those relationships, I think, allow you to ascend. Performance, move about. Ascend, move up. So take the time to get to know people in terms of the interview. And the other thing is, before you interview, we, all, we are professionals, and you all look cute and very nice today, so I don't need to talk about attire. But what I do want to stress is know that you are a brand, and that's how you present yourself. So there's something called pie. How many people have heard of pie? Oh, okay, good, good. So 10% of what you do... Is your performance when you're in that interview that's your P I is your image when you walk into that room we all have our biases there are thoughts you got jewelry you've got this you got pink hair whatever you got I'm already thinking that's interesting um, The la- that's 20% right there your performance I read your resume you're here because I'm impressed your Think about that eye, your image, your brand. You define that. The last thing is exposure. That's the E. That is 70%. So your relationship, your network, your volunteerism, the who knows you, your mentor, your sponsor, your ally, all of that plays into that 70%. 70%. I have not seen John in a long time. I don't even know what he's doing lately. And this is the thing. In the virtual environment, you've got to put some effort into that, right? You've got to get on people's count. you got this hybrid. You're going in the office once or twice. Relationships are kind of dwindling. So you have to put some concerted effort into how you want to manage in terms of your image. But make sure that's all laying flat before you get there. Um, So this is a little visualization activity, if you will. When it's time to interview, you have to work together with other people. I would submit to you, no one gets to where they want to be alone. Either they're a little bit delusional or they're just simply a liar. Um, Because everyone has relied on some connection, had a conversation. Can you send me a little update on that issue, the new branding, the new mantra? You know, for the Navy, we're getting real, getting better. That's likely to be a question. So I need to make sure I understand that, and I need to phone a friend. I'm having a little panic attack. I know it, but I don't know it. So in those instances, it's a collaborative. Use your resources. Use your resources, because this is the thing. People want you to win right successful people build successful people even if it means they reach the success before the other person does So keep that in mind leverage and work together. The other thing is time management So be proactive be clear and concise in your interview. You don't want to go over when people say oh I had 30 minutes, but I finished in 10. I'm like, "Mm, that's not good (laughs) Like you you didn't explain you didn't elaborate and every time you answer a question give an example because what I'm looking for is demonstrated results. Mm-hmm. Not that you said you did it, but you gave me an example that you did it. It's, and don't pick something outlandish that I'm not going like to resonate. Make it relatable to the position and the leaders in the room. And you could only know what their thoughts might be if you've done your homework. Mm-hmm. The other thing is be creative. I love being the oddity. I embrace it, people say I'm extra. I didn't used to think that, but I'm, I'm owning it now. But so, when you get to be 50, you start owning stuff. So, um, the reality is, it's okay to stand out and be odd. And in terms of what you're offering, be creative. Um, we don't want like ducks picking ducks. We don't want like, we don't, if everyone thought like me, then, then you wouldn't want the people around you. So you want people to challenge you, um, encourage that, push you to the other limit, and, and find an accountability partner in your circle that does that on the regular. The other thing is motivation. Know what you value. Know what is important to you. Know the organization and what they value and know the direction they want to go in. And ensure that, remember, when you align yourself to that position, you are going to enable the success of that organization just by walking in the door and and contributing. Be bold in doing that. So I want to spotlight for you a couple of interview questions. Um, If you research top, these are the top ones. So this is the first round. Um, Where do you see yourself in five years? Some people are sitting there like, I haven't given that that much thought. Or they say something like, well, I'm going to be, you know, working for my own self. Well, do you want this job? (laughs) Are you ready to go out and start entrepreneurship? (laughs) So know your audience when you answer the questions, right? Um, That's very important. The other thing is your strengths and weaknesses. We all have them. Um, And and when I say, remember, be positive, try to manage your weakness in terms of a strength right? Let me give you an example. Someone would say, I overanalyze data. But you know what? I know I do that. So I get to a point where I say, I have researched it enough. There's no more analysis paralysis here. And I've delivered the most rich data-driven reports ever. That's a win to me. Because you called it out. One, you own it. Two, you know how to manage it. When you see it, you adjust, and you still produce. So kind of keep that in mind. And then I love this. Why should you get hired? Very common question. If no one asks you that question, who's a lawyer in the room? That's your closing statement. If you do not close it out. If they don't ask you for the why, give the why anyway. When they say, do you have any other questions? No, I just have one final statement. Because you might be over time, but they'll let you have that time. It's one argument, and it's your why. And the why is about you, and the why is also about the organization. So keep that in mind. Don't just say, because I really want to work here. Well, so do a lot of people if they're a great organization. But... What makes you stand out? Maybe it's something that's passion. Maybe it's generational. Maybe it's, you know, I'm so excited about the innovation. I've been tracking this company for five years. I've been waiting for this moment. And I historically do this kind of work or have love and interest and passion. If you are blessed to make it to the second round, now you're on fire. Mm -hmm. You're ready. This is it. This is like the season. You've got this. So here are the most common questions. Your salary. Be prepared to talk about that. How many people know their work style? So I'm going to give you some things to ponder. If I should ask, what is your work style? You might say, I'm adaptive. I'm a big picture person. I'm collaborative. I really like kind of coaching in my career field. I'm creative. I like learning new things. I like acquiring new skills. I like managing deadlines. I'm goal focused. I like targets. I also like big teams, little teams, and or being a participant on a team. That gives an an, an organization two data points. One is I'm testing to see, frankly, if you fit. Technically, I already know you can do it. That's why we're having a second conversation. But I don't know if you're really going to vibe with us all that well. That's the first thing I want to assess. The second thing I want to know is, what's your work ethic and your attitude? Maybe you say, I'm positive. I really like hanging out with the team. I like building teams. I like being a part of teams. Those are the two things that, when you get to the second round, there's no doubt that you can do it, but now we're at a place of whether you really fit into our organization. With that said, I'd like to pass it over to Ms. Patience to take you to the during phase of your interview.
1: Awesome, thank you, Adrienne. Okay, so for during, before we get to the next slide, the one thing that I want you guys to understand, before you open that door or start that Zoom call, just breathe. (laughs) Sometimes that can make or break the whole interview. You just need to take a breath Open the door, maybe do a little prayer, do whatever you can. Meditate before you open the door or going to that Zoom call because that can bring that confidence back. Minimize your nerves or whatever that needs to go down before you actually start the interview. So the next is key to having a great interview. First is keep it simple. Um, Avoid topics that don't make sense or um, that are hard to explain. And so this is a little high for me. (laughs) Um, And so make sure your topics are clear from beginning, middle to end, or pick topics that are clear from beginning, middle to end. Don't exaggerate or ramble on because that can confuse the interviewers. Um, next is keep it relevant. Um, make sure you use examples that actually match the position in the application. The last thing you want is to top a, to, uh, top. Talk about something that has nothing to do with the actual application or the company or relevant to the company, right? And so make sure that the topics or the um, examples you're using has everything to do with the actual position in the company. Choose wisely. This is all about your prep part. So um, Adrian was explaining some of the things you need to do when you're prepping. You need to make sure that you're prepping well and you're taking the time to get all the good information that can stand out if they don't stand out it's not going to resonate to the interviewers you need to make sure that um, as you're explaining your examples you're choosing topics that really stand out and then use star method as adrian said star method is situation the task action and result Um, This just helps make the story very clear and clean. Um, It's super simple to use, super simple to uh, practice when you're even in your prep. And so when you repeat it, it's just clear and it tells a nice story. Get to the point. Um, I'm a great storyteller, um, but my mom and my whole family actually can tell you that I go on tangents a lot. <laughs> Sometimes they get confused, and they're just like, get to the point. And that's what we want to we explain to you guys. The last thing you want is to go on tangents. You might have a great story, but can confuse them if you're going from one topic to another topic to another topic. It can ruin the best um, story or the best point, right? Be um, Be confident. The only way you can be confident is doing that prep session, right? If you practice enough, if you know what you're gonna say, um, it really helps you to be confident. And just taking that breath before you open the door, that will help you be confident. Um, If there are times where you're shy, you're feeling nervous, still take that breath. It doesn't matter if you're taking the breath in the midst of your interview, take that breath. You'll be surprised when your nerves are down, the right situations, the right stories will come up. Cool? And then the next one, during your interview, make a good first impression with a nice smile. So, the thing about smile is that it can change the whole game, even in an interview. Just like how um, someone might be having a really, really bad day, but you smile at them, that's like an action that warms people's hearts, right? And so even in the interview, it shows kindness, it shows confidence, um, and it changes whatever mood that they might be having. You might be having an interviewer who might be having the worst day, right? And they don't wanna be there, right? But as you smile at them, it just calms them down and it makes them feel like, okay, I'm cool, everything's good my life is good, (laughs) as well as this person is really kind. This person might be someone that we want in our team because they can bring this in the job every day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Maintain correct posture while sitting. So if I were sitting, for example, like like this, how serious do you think I am in this panel? (laughs) Adrian, my corp. I'm like, who's this? <laughs> but you have to make sure that your posture is correct, um, just because it it helps them not be distracted by what you're doing, as well as making sure that um, you're engaged too. They don't want to be confused at what this. Sometimes they're just distracted by your moves or um, how, like relaxed you are now some um, jobs are different like when you go into certain jobs you can see everyone doing whatever for safe reasons just sit properly and I say this because I was writing my notes and I have a swivel chair and I was moving myself around so much and I was just like this is not good you have to make sure that you're not playing with that swivel chair you need to be as you know I mean, you can move around a little bit, but not so much that it's distracting, right? Um, be on time gives you extra travel time in case you get lost. So I have a story for this, because it's serious. So the company that I work for, um, we just we have a lot of buildings, but not a lot of parkings. So um, I was interviewing for another job before the current one I'm in right now. And it takes about 20 minutes to get from where I am to the location. Um, I left an hour and a half early, but it took an hour to find parking. And so after I got there, it took me 10 minutes to find the building and find the room. <laughs> and it's crazy because you think you just want to be in the room, relax, maybe go through your notes a little bit. But there's no time for that. So you really need to make sure you have checked the distance between um, where you are from home to the building and how long, knowing the, because I know for sure that parking is probably going to be bad because this is, This is how my company is sometimes, right? And so you need to know the company. You need to know, or you might even drive there early. You might even drive drive there the day before to just help you get a good sense of how parking is and how long it takes to probably find parking, right? And so just be aware of how long it would take you from point A to point B, which is where you're sitting down and you're ready. Cool. Bring any materials you may need, including portfolios. So for me, I always, always bring um, the amount of resumes based on the amount of interviewers plus one. Um, Sometimes it's good to have a resume for yourself, too. That's why I always have a plus one, just in case. Now, some interviewers might not prefer you looking at your resume, but it's all about being as long as they have something and they're looking down, they're writing notes, you have the ability to just look down and um, look up and explain what you need to explain. But don't do it so often. Um, But the main key is make sure that you have something to show, um, whether it's a resume, whether it's a portfolio, just something that um, showcases who you are. Um, I've done data before, I'm a data analyst, um, and I've done data before in my previous jobs, so I was able to show some graphics or some visual graphics um, that I've done in the past that can um, leverage my skills um, or showcase myself to the interviewers. And then the last thing is dress professionally and make sure you are well-groomed. Just be clean, (laughs) Um, just make sure you're clean, um, that there's nothing hanging around, um, and that everything's ironed, and um, you're just looking your best. Business professional is the safest, I always say that. Um, If you don't know, and the introverts didn't tell you, hey, this is gonna be casual, or business casual, just go with business professional, it's always the safe thing to do. So, Popular nonverbal mistakes made during job interviews. Playing with your hair. Playing with your hair is kind of like a comfort thing. Um, you don't want to do that. It's distracting. <laughs> um, I know most of us, we just, you know, just you know, <laughs> just you know, you know. Um it's it's very distracting. If I was doing that the whole time as I'm talking, you guys are gonna be like, what's wrong with hair? <laughs> was is she okay um so just make sure that you're not playing with your hair um no smiling i said before that it's it changes hearts and so y- that smiling that um you know showing that your facial expressions are real and um, being sincere it can change the game for the interviewers wrong posture i said this earlier swivel chair avoid <laughs> if it's a swivel chair avoid moving because that's when you can do a whole 360 with just little one little move and you'll be they're like what is you? yeah just avoid that um crossing your arms crossing your arms is kind of like a defense move um it kind of shows you being cold in a way and so instead of doing this just put your arms underneath or the table or even just go like this during the interview. Um, that's safer than crossing your arms because it's like, are you, do you really want to be here? Are you gonna fight me? <laughs> what is this defense mode right? Um, so just make sure that in um, you're not crossing your arms because it could be it can look bad. eye contact. Eye contact is important because it shows how engaged you are. Um, As you're looking at the interviewers and they're looking back at you, um, not only does it help you um, get, sometimes you can look up and you're thinking of the answer to the question, but don't stay that too long, don't stay there too long. Make sure that you're still engaging and having eye contact with the interviewers. The one thing you don't want to do is oh, I think I was doing the skills in this event and and I just, yeah. Avoid that because it looks like you're confused. Um, It looks like you're unsure about what to answer, but if you're looking straight into the eye, it shows confidence as well as um, um, that you know what you're saying, right? Um, No information. Now this is an interview. If you don't have information, um, then there's no point for the interview, right? You didn't. You're here to um, showcase your um, self and the information that you have to share. The last thing you want is to for them to ask you a question and you not knowing how to answer. And the best best way that you to be able to answer all questions is really that practice, that prep session, right? Um, and so make sure that you have information, even if um, you think it's slightly like off, you can make it work, right? You can make it work by just saying that one point of um, the story of, or the example that connects with the question. So make sure you have information um, and then we're gonna go down to valuable questions after the interview. Now some of these questions I've, I've asked in my interview as, as well. Um, the main thing about interviewing questions that you ask to the interviewers is being curious. You want to show that you're actually interested and curious to the people that are, are possibly going to hire you. And so the first question is, what are the top two biggest challenges slash opportunities you'd like to have um, the person... Higher tackle in the next six months, one year, three years. It shows um, the opportunity that you want to grow, um, that you want to do your best in the team. So you want to know ahead of time what can you um, what can you leverage by getting this information, the opportunities and challenges, and how can you mitigate. How can you help the team? Because you can even respond back to them once they tell you how you've done it in your previous team, right? And that can really help you for your interview. Second question is what does success look like for the person selected for the position? Again, that shows that you're you're wanting to succeed and that you're going to succeed. It's not an if question, is it is a, I am going to succeed, so what are some things that I need to um, know to be successful? Um, wh- the last question is, how do you help your staff grow professionally? That's a very similar question to the other two, but it's also, the key thing is grow. How can I grow? It shows the possibility, not, not only you staying in the team, but you getting better and growing and learning um, in the team. I asked this same question for um, my team when I applied for my current position, and it helped me know the one thing that I lacked, which is an application that my team used. And I'll explain more about it later um, in the next couple slides. So post-interview is all around an email that you send or that um, communication you, you have with the interviewers so the first thing is write a reflection reflect on your interview think about things that went well and then write things that didn't go well um, or you can do better at and then figure out write a sentence of how to mitigate this how can you um mitigate this issue or just problem or this thing that you know that it's a, if it's a skill you know that you don't have yet how can you be better at this skill and then within 24 hours or so you want to write an email back to the Employers or the people who interviewed you, and the first sentence of the email is just you thanking them, just saying thank you for um, being in this interview. I really appreciate your time and effort. Um, second part of the sentence is that part where you talk about the good, um, the good, and then talk about how you can do better and how to mitigate things that you have that you might not be best at. For example, in my email. Um, one of the, that skill that I had a problem with, or the thing that wasn't, I wasn't yet up to par at, was an application called Cognos. Um, although I've used Tableau, Tableau is somewhat similar to Cognos. Um, I wasn't familiar with Cognos, but I had started as soon as I was done with my interview. I signed up for training um, within the company, and when I wrote that email, that sentence, I said, "I'm." I'm not yet up to par with Cognos, but I currently just signed up for training, and by the time I enter the team, I know that I will be useful um, for the team. Cool? And then the third part of this, of this email, you want to talk about um, your enthusiasm for the team, to join the team and the company, and then how can you better the company, or how can you be an asset to the team, right? And then the last part of the um, the email or the paragraph is just you um, just letting them know how to reach you back, right? And so whether it's a phone, if it's not within the company, if you're not going from company to company or the same company, make sure that you have your personal email there or a phone number just for them to reach out to you if they need to. Um, and then that's really it for that whole paragraph for the post-interview. And then I will... Pass it on to Michael. Right.
2: Okay, so what we're going to do now is we are going to watch a brief video, and then uh, after the video, we'll have a short recap. So sit back, relax, and, <laughs> Enjoy and the show. watch the video for about five minutes.
0: So while Patience is um, pulling that up, I just want to add one thing about eye contact. And this is probably for my men in the room look at every person about equally on that panel so I had an experience where a guy looked at every guy on that panel and my blood was boiling I could not wait for it to end because um, I found it extremely disrespectful so equal shareholders and voters on this team, a common mistake is to look only at the men. I get it, you gravitate, you know, you you understand each other, but that female is also a voter on the team and can decide if we all don't agree, we don't agree. So when you're having the eye contact, make sure you look at everyone about the same. Cause as soon as I finished, I was like, I could not believe it. I was all theatrical. I told you all
3: I was extra. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Part of the job search. An interview can make or break an opportunity. So to help you really prepare, we're gonna dissect and analyze an entire interview from start to finish. I'll be sprinkling in a mix of tips about body language, etiquette, and how to answer common questions. Like, when exactly does the interview start? How do you deal with nerves? And how soon can you follow up? For years, athletes have used science and data analysis to improve. Now, we are doing the same for job seekers everywhere. This is Job Science. Meet Anya, a recent grad majoring in business administration. She's interviewing for an entry-level project management position. Note her posture. Head up, shoulders pulled back, no slouching, and no laid-backness. The interview begins the minute you walk into the building. Anya treats everyone in the office with respect while keeping eye contact. From security personnel to receptionists, anyone you run into on your way in could be asked to give feedback on you. It's normal to be nervous. When nerves kick in, the natural human response is to take short breaths and breathe faster. Stay calm by taking a deep breath before entering. Hold it, count to three, and then slowly breathe out. Pause. First, ace those introductions. Greet everyone in a way that is authentic to you, like, hey, nice to meet you, and then say their name. That one always works. You know, you're more likely to remember their name if you say it out loud when you first meet. A lot of the time, small talk comes up before any questions. It's good to have a few current events or topics in mind. You can't possibly predict what they're going to ask, but you can practice answering the common ones. Like, why do you want to work here? What makes you unique? Let's see what our interviewer asks. So I want to hear more. Tell me a little about your experience and what you'd bring to this role. Pause. When this is asked, they're looking to learn what makes you stand out. Be honest with your answers. That means having to pause and think for a second, that is all right. Think about your past experiences and how the role lines up with your future goals. It never hurts to be honest. Great
1: question. Ever since I was young, I've always been the organized one in my family. Whether it was helping my parents schedule vacations or color-coordinating my closet, naturally that lifestyle got me here, project management. I've been a people person for as long as I can remember,
3: plain and simple. I love team building and making sure everyone has a part. Just the other month. Ooh, just really quick. Don't speak negatively about previous places you've worked. Instead, Talk about what you've learned.
1: I helped lead a team of five to deliver a three-week
3: sales project a few days ahead of schedule. I'd love to bring these things here. Perfect. A response like this not only answers the question, but also shows off her personality. But remember, there's no one right way to interview and answer questions. Be yourself and let your personality shine. Be aware of your movements. Practice polite, confident body language. Suddenly, miming your interviewer's posture can actually create a sense of connection. Of all places, unnecessary movements are hard to ignore in an interview. Whether it's tapping your fingers or bouncing your leg, be aware and stay present. Hey, it's been great chatting so far. I guess my last question is, do you have any questions for me? This is a hot one. Make sure to have a short list of questions for your employer in your back pocket. Ask the questions you would if you got the job. Tomorrow was your first day, or do you want to know from the manager? Even if you don't have any burning questions, asking a few shows that you did your homework and that you really care. Some include, what do you like best about working here? What are some mistakes people have made in this position? What is a goal you're currently working toward? How will my performance be evaluated?
1: Well, I did read that you're expanding your software team next quarter. I'm curious how you plan to carry that out.
3: The interview isn't actually over. Always follow up within 24 hours with a thank you email to the hiring manager. This can be a quick note, simply thanking them for their time, or a longer one that elaborates on some of the things you talked about. It's key to leaving a lasting impression. This was the breakdown of an interview. Till next time.
2: Great. So I hope you all enjoyed that video, and I hope it was very informational for you all. So we're going to go ahead and go ahead and and, and and give just a little recap of what we talked about during uh, the time that we've spent together today. For those of you who were probably not taking any notes, maybe you might want to grab your pen and a piece of paper and, drop, uh, and, and take some notes, okay? So we talked about uh, just some, some things. Uh, uh, number one was being familiar with your job position that you're applying for. Focus on the skills and the proficiency level of the skills of the position that you're applying for. Think about the goals and objectives, right? What are your goals and objectives? Where do you want to be? I remember when uh, I had a a mentor and he said, the first question he asked was, what does your position look like two positions from now? So think about those things. Keep those in the back of your head. And what skills do you have that is going to augment the team or the position? How can you further the goals of the organization? And then, do not talk about negative things, right? You want to keep it positive. Whatever your experience was in the past, keep that in the in your back pocket if it's negative, right? You want to think about the positive things and focus on on positive goals. Uh, another thing is leverage your relationships. You know, uh, right now, one of the th- one of my jobs is I'm a program manager and executive coach for the National Institutes of Health. The National Institutes of Health is the premier biomedical research institute in the world. And they have 27 interest institutes that are dedicated to the improvement of human health. I work for the largest of those, which is the National Cancer Institute, and they have 10,000 employees. When I first got to the National Institutes of Health, I worked at the National Human Genome Research Institute. And I thought it was an okay fit, but I was looking for something better because I, I was in this doctoral program at Pepperdine University for organizational leadership, and I wanted to work in something that aligned closer, closer with my goals, with what position I wanted to work with, what the skill set that I had. And so I started doing what they call informational interviews. What is an informational interview? You may want to move to a position or you may know of an area that you want to go to, but you're just not sure of what the skill sets are or what the proficiency level you need to know those skills or the, the characteristics that you need to demonstrate. So what, you, what I did is I did an information interview. I started asking, going to different directors, so what is it like working over here? What are the skill sets do I need to, to work in this place? You know, uh, what do I need to demonstrate to show that I'm proficient in these skill levels over here? And, and they'll go ahead and tell you and, and, and that, that way you'll say, Okay, I think I wanna work in this place. This is the best place for me, right? And you can and, and just move over there. By me levering that relation, those relationships from my informational interviews, that's how I got the job that I that I work for today at the National Cancer Institute. I I, I schedule a meeting, I wanted to do an information interview, I actually was looking for mentorship. And, and I wanted to ex- expound on mentorship. It's very important. If you don't have a mentor, get a mentor. No one who is successful in life has reached that place by themselves. They all. You can talk to anybody. They have always had a mentor. They've always had someone in the room to advocate for them, like a, a sponsor, someone to give them feedback where you may not be receiving feedback. So I was looking for mentorship, and... The lady said, you know, I heard about you. I heard about your work ethic. I love your work style. I saw you speaking at this event. And she said, instead of uh, this being a mentorship interview, let it be a job interview. I want to interview you. I want you to come over and give me a presentation. And I went over, and I gave the presentation, and they hired me. I didn't even have to apply for the job. They just did a, uh, some sort of administrative move, and they hired me over there. And I was so I was so blessed to, to 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 get that position because not only is the National Cancer Institute uh, the the biggest institute they have a six billion dollar year budget um, I'm able to train scientists and researchers and medical doctors and leadership skills and they consider the National Cancer Institute I mean out of the 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 thousands of people that work for the National Institutes of Health they consider my department. Uh, the cutting edge leading department for, for training and teaching for leadership development. So I, I feel very blessed to have been able to obtain that position. But it all came from leveraging those relationships. Uh, so use that relationship capital that Adrian had mentioned earlier. Uh, be proactive, be, be clear, be concise in your, in your interview. And uh, when you answer your, the interview questions, give an example right don't just say what the team did say what you did they want to know what you can do they want to they want to know how far you can go what heights you can reach um also um be motivated you know know what the know what the values are for the organization does do those values align with your values right i, I mean when you think of it like an actor right some actors won't take certain positions because you know, they have certain scenes that they don't want to do, or they may have to say things that are contrary to their beliefs, right? I remember one year, uh, years ago, I, I, went to go, I went to marriage counseling because my wife was just getting on my nerves. And I said, we need to do some marriage counseling here because this just ain't going to work. And so uh, one of the things uh, that the counselor said is, well, you guys have different values, you know? So you need to align your values if you want this marriage to work. So if you can take that example and apply it to the organization that you're looking to move to, make sure that you know what the values are of the organization and how you can uh, assist that organization in reaching those goals, right? Uh, Be prepared to talk about salary. And don't, don't lie and say you made a million dollars last year because they have, they have apps so they can check uh, how much you really made. And, and know your, your work style, right? Your ethics, your attitude. During the interview, prior to you going to the interview, I know you may have butterflies, you may be nervous, breathe in, Breathe out, right? You may have to pray. You may have to meditate. You may have to do something to calm your nerves. It's just like if you're going on the stage and you have a million people in front of you, you're kind of nervous. Just breathe in and breathe out, right? It's going to be okay. Um, avoid topics that don't make sense. Don't ramble on. Don't exaggerate. Choose wisely. Choose wisely the topics um, that really stand out. And get to the point. Don't, don't, don't go on a tangent, because that's that's just will confuse the interviewer, or the interviewer may say stop. And one of the things that Adrian had mentioned earlier today is, uh, you know, look at all of the panel members in the eyes, right? And and look at them in the eyes. If you're a man, look at the look at the women in the room too, and make sure you're looking at them in their eyes. Okay. I, I literally had a friend; she had to stop the interview and say, uh, "Look, look, uh, thank you." Okay. <laughs> Look at them in their eyes. Okay. <laughs> Michael. Be on time for your interview. Be on time for your There's nothing worse than, than arriving late to the interview because they only allocate so many times, and you may be one out of 20 people that they have to interview. Okay? Uh, dress professionally. Don't come to the interview with rollers in your hair or do rag on or, or anything like that. Come professionally. Make sure you groom yourself professionally. Right, brush your teeth. Um, you might have to put a mint in your, in your mouth. You may have had a, a carne sala burrito with cilantro and onions, you know. And, uh, you know, put a little mint in your mouth. You know, you don't want to uh, discourage uh, your interviewer. Okay? And uh, don't play with your hair, Uh, smile, you'd be be surprised how smile can can brighten someone's day. Uh, Make sure you have good posture, don't cross your arms, don't have a frown. Um, And and, and make sure you have information ready. You don't want to, to not have information when the interviewer asks you a question. So very, very important. So I just wanted to to go ahead and give you my story, how, how, I, uh, re, well, how I got the position that I'm in today. I did give you a little, a, a, a part of it, but um, I was working in a place, in, in an environment where there was, it was a toxic environment, there was bullying that went on, a lot of gaslighting, uh, a lot of people were scarred, Many people in the organization were broken. Um, a lot of tep- nepotism. It was a glass ceiling. A lot of favoritism. And I was telling everyone who was blue in the face that was above me in management, went all the way to headquarters. Nobody wanted to do anything. So I wanted to tell tell somebody because I did see a lot of people saying that they were looking for positions. There is nothing wrong with you picking up your portfolio and going somewhere else. Especially when the in, when the economy is good. <laughs> okay? There is nothing wrong. I know some of you may want to feel loyal and you know, oh, I've been at this place for years and my mother worked here and my grandmother and my next, born, my next door neighbors and the cousin, they all worked over here. But sometimes you have to move if you want to ascend. So don't don't feel bad if you have to take your portfolio somewhere else. And that's what I did. I had 100 applications. I was just applying, right? I had, um, but I'm going to tell you some of the tips that I did. One of the things that I did is I had to curtail my, uh, my resume to the job position. Because, you know, one resume is not going to fit every job, Mm -hmm. right? You want to use some of that same terminology that they're using in the job description. You want to ensure that when you're speaking, you're using some of the vernacular that they use for for that organization. You want to research that organization. So when I was uh, interviewed by the the NIH, I had researched the organization. I found out that it was one of the top premier places to work in the government. I was able to use some of the same terminology that the job description said in my resume and in my interview. So that's something you want to do. And you might say you have 20 jobs you're applying for. You may have to tailor your resume to, to each of those job descriptions. You might have to tailor your resume 20 times, right? But that's what's gonna make your resume stand out. If you don't know how to resume, write a resume, they have a number of organizations that will write your resume for you. I can't tell you how many resumes come across my desk. They have spelling mistakes in them. They, they look like they're just general. So it's important to tailor that resume for the job, and that will get you into the door. So make sure your resume uh, is correlates to the position, right? And then um, in my interview, I smiled. I showed my knowledge about the job that I was applying for. Um, it was very, very, very professional. I dressed professional. And, and when you're online, because my, I, I, I interviewed online, um, you have to make sure that the same things as for you in person. Make sure your posture is correct. Make sure you're making a connection, even though you're online. Make sure you're making a connection with your interviewer. And make sure everything that we talked about, make sure you're doing those things. Make sure you're knowledgeable about the position. Um, and another thing, make sure, if, if for some of you who may not want to go back to school, education always opens doors for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So you might have to go back to school right, if you want to get the job that you're aiming for. So, finally, after um, I did the research, I applied, I have to tell you, I had two job offers. I had two job offers in Maryland. So, when I drove across country, I had to refuse one of those jobs. But I got here, I had two job offers. So, I picked the job that I wanted to, and I'm very happy to be working at the National Institutes of Health today. And I have to tell you, it was like night and day from where I came from, um, where the people, they respected you, uh, they asked for your opinions, they made you want to feel part of the team, um, and, they, and they gave you plenty of opportunities to participate and grow. They believed in developing their employees. Uh, they talked to their employees with a growth mindset. It was just like night and day. But that, those interview skills, those resume skills, and, and those people skills are things that you are going to need if you would like to move into that next position. So with, without delay, I'd like to see how many of you have questions. You could raise your hand, or you can come to the microphone, and, and you can go ahead and ask your questions.
3: Um, hello. I just have a quick question. Is it still appropriate to bring a hard copy of your resume?
2: Yeah, yeah, you can bring a hard copy of your resume, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Unless otherwise stated, right? Mm -hmm. But you can bring a hard copy of your resume, one for the interviewer and one for yourself. Yeah because they may ask you questions on that resume, because you might have uh, had a lengthy resume, and you might not remember back in 1924, mm-hmm. when you used to change the oil in, in, in those cars, oh. so they're gonna ask you, so how was it changing the oil in those cars? You might have to look back in your resume, oh, okay, I, d- I did do that, so yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, my name is William Shepard, recent Georgia Tech graduate. My question is, what strategies do you recommend for responding to interview questions when you don't know the answer?
2: For me, for me and, and maybe Adrian might have a different answer, there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know, right? Instead of making a lie, making up a lie, because the, let me tell you, the interviewer can tell when you're fluffing and you're just throwing words out there just to say something. So, so there's nothing, for me, there's nothing wrong with saying, I, I'm sorry, I don't know.
0: So I can add a little bit to that. Re- can you repeat the question? It's it's you don't have an answer at all. You don't
2: know the answer yeah, to a question.
1: The yeah, when you don't know the answer.
0: So what I would say perhaps if I, I would I would own it. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer, but if I could draw from anything comparable right. or relatable or relevant, mm-hmm. I would offer that. And an example was what Patience said. She didn't have the intel on that exact software, but Tableau has many and like features. And so she was able to focus on that and then also express your willingness to learn or grow to be able to answer that question should you be offered the opportunity. Thank you. Great question. Go ATL. I like Georgia Tech when I go
2: down there too. (laughs) Hi, my name is Denzel Bridges. I work at the Naval Surface Warfare Center in Port Wainimi. How would you, what additional advice would you have for virtual interviews, especially when, um, of course, in in government, oftentimes our laptops don't actually have cameras on them, so they can't see you and you can't see them often.
0: This is funny. I did a virtual interview um, during the pandemic one of the things, you, you, I would do it the exact same way. I would prepare as if I'm going to be in person. And I'll tell you a mistake people make is because they are virtual, they don't prepare as well. And this is what you hear, the shuffling of paper, because they're very reliant on it, because they don't think you can see. Or it's memorized like a script, and it sounds very robotic so it doesn't seem to be very authentic. And so, that's the, so those are the two pitfalls I discovered being on the other side of the table. So what I, and I did get the job during that virtual environment. I prepared as if I would be right in front of you. Um, and I allowed myself to be led during the interview as if I was just as poised. I was just as postured. I set the whole scenario up as if you were in front of me. I think the mistake is because we're not physically in attendance. Sometimes we rely on other things. But that is very transparent to the interviewer the lack of preparedness.
2: Yeah, and I would also like to add, um, especially if there's not a camera like you stated, uh, make sure your tone is, is positive. Make sure you have a positive tone and that you're very knowledgeable of the subject matter, that you can speak fluidly.
0: Because remember, as an interviewer, you know, there is an expectation. We all have biases. So if your tone is off or it just seems like you're shuffling, you're te- we're telling ourselves a story about what you might be doing. So just alleviate that and just be safe as if you were in front of the interviewer. Great question.
3: Thank you. Hello, my name is Montage Singh. I'm a junior at NJIT. So my question is, um, you mentioned how... At what school? uh, NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology. You
0: know why I stopped you there? Let me tell you what you also don't want to do during an interview is use acronyms. Hmm? Don't assume that I understand what you're saying. Even the same acronym can be used and mean different things. So, I'm sorry. Please proceed.
3: Thank you. Did you ever have to answer the question of why you left your previous job? Like you mentioned, your previous job was not a very good working environment. And Mm -hmm. like, how did you respond or ask that? Like, how did you ask, Mm -hmm. um, spin it in a positive light? Like you said, Mm -hmm. you should try to.
2: Yeah. um, I I told them that um, I was, there was no opportunities for growth Mm -hmm. and I wanted to work in something that was more aligned to my skills and my passion and my abilities. And so I had just, um, you know, not just I had been in a doctoral program, and I was working in an IT department as a database administrator for like I don't know 20 years. And so I discovered in my doctoral program and in a leadership program that they had that I liked working more with people. And so that's why I was do I was I was doing a, a kind of like a a, a change. And you know, it's difficult. It's just like going from a from a welder to an accountant, right? So when you're when you're making a shift a shift, you know, you have to be able to express that. So I wanted to align my job with, with what my passion was and have opportunities for growth and development.
0: Good. Thank Good. you. And the other thing I would add too is so I do a Venn diagram where I study like these are my strengths. And these are my weaknesses. And this is an area that I know I've mastered. And this is an area I want to improve. This company offers me these things. So like Michael said, it's about growth. But you can also spin it in that, you know, I'm trying to gain another skill set. I'm trying to become more proficient in an area. And that I know your organization is dynamic in doing that. Um, And so this is why I'm so interested in this opportunity. But make it about what you have and the organizational gain. Great question.
2: Yeah, and, and one other thing that I just wanted to mention very quickly is you can always take, for those of you who may, who know you want to make a career change, but you're not sure where you want to go, You can. it's very important that you take some different types of assessments. Like you may want to take a DISC assessment that will show you what your work style is. And the thing about that one, it will tell you about your work style, but it also tells you how to get along with other people with different work styles. The most important thing about that uh, assessment is your ability to adjust your work style so that you can perform optimally with other people. Another assessment is the 360 feedback where you can get feedback from your upper echelon, your people that are below you, and people on your level, on your same level. And finally, another one is strength finders. If you take the strength mm-hmm. finders assessments, it'll tell you what your strengths are, right? Mm-hmm. You may, It may not tell you exactly what the position uh, you may want to look for, but it'll tell you what your strengths are, and we all b- believe that you can go further working in your strengths yep. than looking for mm-hmm. jobs where you don't have skills. Right.
0: Because we're not chasing jobs anymore, right? Right.
2: <laughs> uh, hello, my name is Ian Sooks. I'm hello. a freshman studying computer science at North Carolina Agricultural State, Agricultural and Technical State University. And my question actually—you mean wa- NCAT? Yeah. Aggie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, my question was on a live 360, or not live 360, but 360. I know. I think Miss um, Patience asked ac- or mentioned it. And you elaborated on just then, but I was wondering also: is it safe to ask the interviewer to elaborate, or you know, just ask how do you think I did by the end of the uh, interview? Uh,
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say like, so I've interviewed a couple of people before, and um, if they didn't get it, they usually would ask for like a follow-up or commentaries of how they did. Um, and usually, I'm more than happy to help them because I want them to do their best when they go to the next interview, right? Um, we always want to support everyone and anybody. So for me, I, if I was the interviewee, I would love to ask that in an email um, in addition to all the other stuff I mentioned.
0: So to add to that, I I totally agree. I would request a debriefing, and this is the thing about debriefing. Whether you get the job or you don't get the job, you still want a debriefing because you can always improve, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is I would refrain from asking that because what happens when you leave sometimes is we caucus, right? So we reconcile. And before I say I didn't hear you some. Say something patient might say, oh, he did address that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so now I'm thinking differently. So it gives us time after you leave to discuss it. So at the conclusion of your interview, we may be less reluctant to share. Mm-hmm. But remember, whether you get it or you don't, you still want to know how you can improve. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh,
1: hello, um, my name is Juliet. I am an NGIT student. Uh, uh, my bad. New Jersey Institute Look technology. at that. Progress already. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a it's kind of stuck when you just comment. It's <laughs> at, an, at an ease. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, since the panel mainly focused on work experience, I also wanted to see how one could um, mention one's uh, volunteering experience into the conversation, mm-hmm. because I know... Um, maybe when when it comes to my job, I won't have certain experiences that I do have during a volunteering circumstance. How would you guys try and incorporate volunteering experience into an interview if that's a possibility?
0: I I love that example. Um, I love to see examples in terms of volunteerism because what, what I look for is a leader in the organization and beyond. And and I'm the president of a foundation as well. So to me, it's an opportunity for you to show that um, what you're going to bring into into the office. And many organizations have civic hours, so they also look for community leaders. And what it says is that you're willing to serve something that's bigger and greater than you. And you do it at no cost because it aligns to your passion. What I would deduce then also is what you value. Um, so I think it's a great example. I know senior executives that have even used not, not now if I get five I only want to use one. I want to still keep my technical But I think I think it is complimentary to speak in terms of your passion and your community if you're in stem And you're applying for an engineering position and you volunteer at the school you do career panels you assess when they have robotics teams, I think that aligns to the position. I just try to tie it to whatever the position is. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And it may be a good connecting point. That interviewer might have the same passion. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, you know what? She's got the same passion like me. I'm going to hire her.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. You're welcome. Great question.
1: I think we're out of time. But for those who have additional questions, we can definitely talk more with you outside. I think the next team is they're here yeah yeah they're here they've given us a lot so
0: so before you all leave mm-hmm. um i think i mentioned that i'm an author um the next person that is pontificating their interview and they're sitting around thinking about it and trying to do the lonely work where's my georgia tech guy i want to present something to you not only is it a copy of my books but it's two mm-hmm. gift cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Two <laughs>
2: Yeah. Come on. Uh, any closing remarks? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I- well, thank you all for joining us today. This concludes our session. I do have some business cards. If any of you want some business cards, I'd be happy to have.